three, two, one. Hello, welcome, Erin. Thank you. Um, so you have a very incredible, miraculous, yet courageous story. Um, I want you to tell us a little about yourself and um, teach us. Teach us about uh, IVF, IUI, all these things that have acronyms and I don't know what all of them stand for. <laughs> I know. I still don't know all of them. I'm still sometimes like, wait, what? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, um, I mean, how far back my twins are now nine, so we conceived them via IUI, which is an intrauterine insemination process. Um, basically we I, take a step back. I went in because we wanted to start having a baby. Okay. Um, I went into my OB and she basically told me you're not ovulating on your own. Um, so you need to go see a fertility specialist. Were you on birth control? Um, I was on birth control off and on. Um, oh no, just kidding. I was on birth control. Okay. <laughs> um, and I went off of it and then, you know, I know they say it takes a little bit of time to get your period, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I wasn't getting one and I just went through like boxes of pregnancy tests and like, just wasn't believing that it was negative. Cause I'm like, well then where's my period? You know? Yeah. Um, and you know, she said you could keep trying, but like odds are because you're not ovulating, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I went into a fertility specialist that she recommended and the first thing they said was, well, let's try an IUI because with me, I do have a lot of follicles. Um, so in your ovaries, you can, you have, you know, the different little follicles, little eggs, um, that eventually mature. And then usually women drop one egg, maybe two a month. Um, I had a lot, they just weren't growing or dropping. Okay. So they suggested to do this IUI. Basically you take, um, medication to stimulate your ovaries to have the follicles grow and mature to a certain size. And when they're at that size, they do what's called a trigger shot. So they give you a shot that basically is made for you to ovulate, right? So um, they say, okay, well, your follicles, you have so-and-so that are ready to go. With an IUI, they like to see, you know, typically it's better to have one or two. They don't want to have you dropping like Octomom status. <laughs> um, so I ended up doing that. Um, then what they do is they have your husband or your partner or whatever sperm you're using, um, they collect their sperm and they basically turkey based you. So you sit there, they shoot up the sperm, um, 36 hours after you take that injection to ovulate and they kind of hope for the best. The chances are about 20% higher than conceiving naturally, just because they're literally putting it in, yeah. you know, Straight all in. the way up there. Yeah. Um, and they know that you've ovulated and all that kind of stuff. Um, what happened is I ended up dropping three eggs. Um, so about week like six or seven, I started bleeding a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. And we thought I was miscarrying. Um, so we went into the office and it turned out I had multiples and they said, this is common with multiples, a lot of blood. Um, but they're suggesting for you to, for me to have a reduction. Um, that was kind of 
crazy. I mean, it was crazy yeah. enough to hear you have triplets when, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm barely five, two and a half or whatever, and I'm pretty small. <laughs> yeah. Very petite. <laughs> um, and I just, I just have a small frame. And so they were worried that, you know, I wouldn't be able to carry the triplets and that it would affect my life and theirs. Um, you know, but I was only 26. So something like that at that point already on top of like dealing with fertility treatments that young was kind of like a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You started Um, this very young. Yeah, it was, I was very young and you know, none of my friends were having kids yet. So on top of me being the only one getting pregnant or trying to get pregnant, like having to go through all this stuff, I didn't, you know, I didn't talk to anybody about it because I was too ashamed um, because I just didn't know, you know, I thought treatments and stuff were for people that were in their forties and are there resources? Like, is there, like, I know you have your blog, but are there, is there anywhere like you meet other women at the clinic or there are at the the time, at the time I had no idea. I mean, like the social media was completely different, right? You know, this was now 10 years ago. Um, so at the time, I didn't even want to go out there and look for help or anything like that because I just was like, no, I don't want to talk to anybody about it. Um, now there's so much, and I'm sure there were things back then I just didn't know about Mm -hmm. now, you know, like even just the community I have on Instagram is just insane with the amount of people that suffer through, um, infertility. It's huge. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of groups. There's a lot of then like help, um, networks that are kind of set up, you know, in lieu of, or in conjunction with different, um, Instagram accounts. Yeah. So there's quite a, quite a bit of stuff out there. And, and yes, I'm sure there's a lot of resources for meetup groups as well. Um, I just haven't dug into those. Um, but yes, there's, there's quite a bit of stuff if you want it. But I think the biggest thing is, um, being able to get over the hurdle of, do you want to talk to somebody about it and that kind of Not stuff? Not feeling ashamed or any of this. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you, um, you had to have a reduction. Yeah. So we drove, we live in San Diego, which is just like South of L to our South mm-hmm. of LA. And so we drove to LA because that's where the clinic at the time was for the reduction. And we just had it done. It was just really, I mean, they basically like people ask me like, how do they choose? And I'm like, it's just whichever one was easier for them to, to reach, reduce. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, like you bleed out a little bit after and for a few days later, and then that was pretty much it. My husband and I honestly like never even talked about it much after because I think he was a lot more in shock and affected than I was. Um, I think maybe because it was my body and I was like, Oh, well, you know, we have to do this. And he was a hundred percent on board to do it. Right. But, um, it was just, it was just a lot. So we honestly like never talked about it until I pretty much didn't really even talk about it until I opened up on Instagram, like last October. Wow. So yeah, so it was just one of those things that, you know, like you feel a, you're trying so hard to have a baby and then you have to do this. And yeah, be but it's, like it make like. I mean, imagine if something happened to you, or like, yeah. you just or if you just you want to. I don't want to say safe and sorry, but when yeah. it comes to this, you gotta really. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, we know we made the right decision. It was just like, are we gonna be judged? Are we gonna be, you know, 
because that's just kind of yeah I mean sadly there's always going to be people who have something you know negative or totally there's always those people which is why it's so tough and it's like okay well this is like you don't like it then you don't have to follow me you don't have to listen you don't have to read my stories you you don't have to be here that's the beauty of this so okay 100% yeah and, and, and so, and I mean, like, like I said, it was a, gr- a right decision. Our twins were born full term. Um, I had them vaginally, but they were tiny. Wow. Um, that's, yeah. That's amazing that you had full term <laughs> vaginal everything. Yeah, no, we were very lucky. I mean, I got all the comments like, oh, you're going to be on re- bed rest because you're so small and like, they're going to be born early. But you, you know, were all so young. Things. So your body just, I'm sure. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So it was fine. I, um, you know, I. I even like did spin class up until a week, like when I couldn't reach the, <laughs> the, bars the front of the bike anymore because <laughs> I was the very, very big. Way. Wow. That's um, incredible. So the pregnancy yeah. was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Everything Good. was fine. Um, one of, one of them after birth had to be in the NICU for about 11 days just because she was so small. Um, she actually ended up having her umbilical cord was like half the size width wise of her twins. So she just wasn't getting enough food. Mm. Um, so it, that part was a little hard because, you know, you have a newborn at home and then you have to go to the hospital every few hours to yeah. nurture the other one, but you bring the other one with you. I mean, so learning but we process. got through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they were great. They were healthy. Their lungs were, everything was fine. So after those 11 days, like business as usual with twins at home, I mean, it was chaotic, Tough. but. Ooh, I can't imagine. <laughs> Tough. So much but, work. Yeah. But it was fine. I mean, that's all I knew, you know? So everyone's like, how do you do? I'm like, well, I don't know. Anything I don't else. know how it is tap one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you kind of adapt. I think it's the same thing when you have one, you know, like you don't know what it is to anything. A hundred percent. You learn. Um, so yeah, so that was it. Then we, you know, kind of cruised through six years. I never went back on birth control. Really. I had an IUD in just because we thought that would help like, a form of birth control, but it actually started traveling to my stomach, so they had to take it out. Wow, I never heard of that. Now, yeah, is that it's normal? Like one of the risks. Yeah, not normal, but it's one of the things that could happen. Because <laughs> I, I was bleeding for like weeks, and I'm like, I don't think this is normal. And then she checked, and she's like, Oh, it's traveling up to your, um, yeah. So we took that out. Yeah, <laughs> just in time. Um, and then I just really wasn't on much contraception. We're like, you know, if it happens, it happens. But, um. Obviously, it never did. So when the twins turned six, we were like, okay, we really actively want to try to have um, another one, not just kind of wing it, you know? Yeah. Um, so we tried that summer and, you know, we were like, oh, maybe it'll happen because you hear all these stories and why not? Um, but it didn't. So we went back to the fertility center and this time we just kind of said, we're going to go straight to IVF, mainly because we just didn't want multiples again. Um, and yes, the embryo could split, but the odds of having two when you're doing IVF obviously are much more controlled. Mm -hmm. Um, so we went in, we did, um, one round of IVF. We did one um, egg retrieval basically. And then I only ended up with one normal embryo, which we transferred, um, and it failed. And that was kind of like a really low blow because I just thought, well, isn't this how you get a baby, like with IVFs? Yeah. I mean, it was so easy before, too. 
Yeah, before it was way easier, and the chances of IVF working are much higher than an IUI working. And your follicles, um, everything's still high, high count? Yeah, my follicle count was high, everything, but I did only get one normal embryo. So after the retrieval, I ended up with, like, I only had, I had a quite a bit of follicles, but in terms of mature eggs, I didn't have that many. So I retrieved, they retrieved about eight, and of those eight, there was about three that fertilized, and then the three we sent off to get, it's called PGS testing. Okay. So it's this additional testing that you can pay for um, to make sure that the embryo is normal so that there's no chromosomes missing or anything right. like that. Um, so we did do that. And then we only got one back um, that was normal. So that one failed. Um, then we did basically that whole thing again. How long do you wait between each round? I guess round, is that what it is? or uh -huh. what is Yeah, so after the transfer, we wait, you usually get your period. Um, for me, it's always like, it was weird, it was always five days after. Um, and then you'll, our, the protocol at that, at that um, office was like, okay, just call us when you get your period. We'll set you up on the meds, we'll do it again. Um, so it was about like three weeks, until you start like meds again. Mm -hmm. That was that clinic. Um, every clinic's different, obviously, um, but that was their protocol. So we jumped right back on board, did the exact same thing, basically nothing changed, um, and pretty much yielded the same results. Transferred that one, again, it didn't work. This was, we're now like, so I had started this September 2017 and now we're in about April 2018 when the second one didn't work because the process itself is, you know, pretty timely. I mean, like it's about a three month from like starting to do retrieval process to like transfer. Mm -hmm. It's about three months. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you can just look this up or I'm assuming each clinic's different. But how does it work with pricing? Like, is it's that? A lot. <laughs> it's a lot, right? Um, yeah. So for each full round, um, we we actually calculated it. I um, we were curious slash we also I was trying to do a post and I was like, let's look at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically, with the without medications, it's about thirty thousand dollars. And do you you have to have medication or no? Yeah. Absolutely. And so what that is, usually what is medication? On. Medication meaning like your injections, all of that is not part of that $30,000. What are, that means estrogen or? I mean, yeah. So when you're doing the process to retrieve your eggs, it's estrogen, it's called Menipure. Um, and, and also every person is different in that sometimes Menipure does or doesn't work for them. And then they'll switch to a different name but essentially it's all the same idea it's estrogen to help grow and mature your eggs okay. sometimes they add in an additional um hormone to help your eggs um to help their quality mm -hmm. which they weren't doing at that time but eventually i did do um and then you know they give you with the trigger shot kind of the same thing so that you ovulate so that they can then go into a surgery and retrieve them and surgery is laparoscopic so like you don't you're not open or anything like that, but you do go under anesthesia and you do all of that you pay for. Wow. And insurance yeah. doesn't cover this. No. Like doesn't matter what um, kind of insurance you have. I have heard Massachusetts covers it. State by state. State by state, but I That's actually only state. think, I think it's only Massachusetts. <laughs> I wonder why. 
I don't know. And everyone's like, you should go. And if you live there for about a year and I'm like, I mean, <laughs> you're like, it awesome. sounds so easy. <laughs> yeah. If only. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I could be a hundred percent wrong on like just that state, but as uh, so far because of, you know, all the research and just communication I've done with people, that's been the only state, um, every other country covers it. For Isn't some, that insane? For some, yeah. Like, and not all of it. I'm not saying like they a hundred percent, but a very, very good amount, if not all of it. Wow. That's so yeah. like upsetting. Like what's wrong very. with us? I don't know. It's frustrating. And, um, you know, because they don't see it. Like even when I would go to my endocrinologist to get my thyroid checked and my levels checked for everything else. And all that's it, completely just normal. Your thyroid, what? everything. No. So I have Hashimoto's disease. So that's why I constantly check it. Okay. Um, what is this? My th- so my thyroid is um, just overactive. Okay. Um, and basically with Hashimoto's, there's ways to control it without being on thyroid medication, Got it. which I've done by like being gluten-free and um, just taking a lot of different herbs that she suggested. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can do that, but for me, it just happened to work. But I do check it constantly to make sure it's kind of in my range. Yeah. Um, but even with that, if she were to accidentally put in like, that, you know, they have to put in codes like infertility code or whatever to send it off to insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of times that she put in that code or maybe her assistant did. And then insurance came back and they're like, nope, we're not covering these labs. And it's like $5,000 worth yeah. of labs. I'm like, wait a second. You know, it's not yeah. even for that. It's just to check my thyroid. It's just nuts. It's the whole, I, oh. so I have, a, I had a little one five months ago and mm-hmm. the whole hospital thing with the insurance, I'm still like resubmitting, resubmitting because mm-hmm. the codes and bleh, it's like, yeah. And you have to double, triple, quadruple check everything that they're doing because they really try to wiggle out of. Oh yeah. I can't even. I know. Oof. It's nuts. So basically with IVF, I mean, we just, they ask you at this clinic, they asked us to pay up front and write a check or give them our credit card for basically the entire thing. Um, other than the meds, because the meds, the reason obviously I'm saying they're not included is because everybody's different. So some people may only need a very small dosage quantity, right? Whereas for me, I needed it a lot, um, to help stimulate stuff. So you just never really know, or they may need to be on them longer or shorter. So that kind of stuff varies, but, um, yeah, for the most part, it was around 30,000 pre medication for each round. Um, so that was, that first year didn't work. Um, I actually then decided to do a quick, I not quick, but an IUI because we're like, okay, at this point we'll take twins, you know, um, IUIs are also much, much, much less expensive. Um, so the total normally for an IUI can range from like three to about 7,000, um, for us normally around five. Huge. So Sometimes a lot of people do multiple IUIs because it just financially makes a lot more sense for them. Um, I have heard and I have a few friends that their um, insurance actually covers IUI. Wow. Because it's significantly, yeah, mine never did. But um, it is significantly less expensive and it takes a lot less time. I mean, like it's basically just the two weeks ish of prepping your body 
for the whole ovulation process um, and then What's insemination. What's the prep look like? For IUI? Yeah. So for the IUI, like with the twins, it was just daily injections. Um, and that was, this is me. I mean, never, like I said, everybody's different. So some people can sometimes do oral medication. For me, I needed the injections because it's just a little stronger. Um, just daily. And then you go into the office every couple of days to check the size of your, um, of your follicles. So as, like I said, as they get bigger and bigger, then when they reach a certain number, they tell you, okay, now we're ready to trigger so that you can, um, similar to IVF, you do your daily injections, you go in, um, you go in a little more just because they really are monitoring. And, and with IVF, they're trying to get a lot more follicles to grow, not mm -hmm. just a couple. Um, to retrieve as many as possible, but you do, you, it becomes like a full-time job. You go in almost every day to the wow. clinic, whether it's for a blood draw or for an ultrasound or for whatever. Um, and then when it's time to extract, then, you know, you go and go under, under anesthesia and then that surgery lasts like a couple hours, nothing crazy. It's it, like you're, you've been through so much <laughs> and it's amazing to hear you talk about it because you're so like nonchalant. But you yeah. obviously like been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why, because it's just been like, you know, we've done um, after that IUI in May of 2018, it didn't work. Um, and my husband was like, we need to take a break. So as much as I didn't want to, because, you know, like when you're when you can't conceive on your own and you're not doing treatments, you feel like you're wasting time. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, know. I'm sure it's exhausting for you, for him. Yeah. Even the girls probably knew yeah. something was happening if they yeah. fully understood. I don't know, but they did. Yeah. I mean, like they didn't understand back then, but they, I'm sure sense it. I mean, it was a lot, obviously, like I knew that break was much needed and it really was once we, we ended up taking it like for three months, I trained to be a yoga teacher, like did all this stuff for myself, nice. kind of yeah. got back to me. Got your mind um, off it maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it it really was taking over um, because how can it not? You know, even when you're trying to conceive without any treatments, you're all oh, that's all you're thinking about. Yeah. So we did that. Then I ended up switching clinics um, because I just was not happy with the way that they were kind of handling us. I kind of felt like it was just like another number to them. Um, I actually didn't even see my actual doctor. I don't think I saw him more than three times that entire year. Yikes which is crazy. And, and, you know, like, you just don't know, we, we went into it very naively and we just didn't know what to ask. I wasn't like being my own advocate. I and live and learn. Yeah. Yeah, you do. So we ended up switching clinics and I loved it. I, um, what are, this is kind of, I don't know if you ha might have something to suggest, but do you have some, like some basic questions that someone who's trying to to go or to get into this because they're having issues like yeah super basic questions that you would suggest asking yeah so a lot of those i i have them on my blog but a oh, lot okay. of okay so I'll, I'll click i'll have a link that um will okay. go directly there yeah. Here. But yeah but no i mean like the the most basic ones i think i think obviously you first have to start at your ob and kind of see how things are going once you move into um your clinic what i learned in terms of I think you really, really have to feel comfortable and happy with your doctor. I think like no matter what, no matter what, you know, their percentages are, this or that, every doctor 
knows what they're doing. They know how to take embryo uh, eggs out of you know an ovary, and they know how to put in an embryo come transfer. The basics they know, but it's how you feel with them. It's how they make you feel. Um, kind of the knowledge that they give you. Look, there's some people that just want a basic yes and no answer. I am the kind of person that I want like no. Tell me why. Tell me what else. Tell me what my options are. Like I want to know a whole like book answer to every question I I have for you, right? So you have to kind of find that doctor, and that's kind of what I've learned throughout this whole process. Because I actually ended up going to even another doctor by the end. Um, wow, you just have to find so, someone yeah. you click with, I guess. Exactly. So that's kind of like my biggest piece of advice and like question is just ask whatever you're thinking. Like honestly. There's not really a wrong question to ask. Um, for me, a big one once I switched was like, okay, will you be doing all of my ultrasounds? Will I see you every week? Because for me, it was like, how are you really seeing what's happening in my body versus like just the nurses telling you what's going on, right? Because um, so that was a big thing for me is I wanted to make sure the doctor was going to do all of the ultrasounds, all of the everything. And it's easy for things to get lost in the shuffle of everything. Yeah. Like, because the nurses are, you know, they're just telling the doctors, or sometimes the paperwork gets mixed up. I've heard some crazy stories. And I even had, they had my paperwork mixed up, and they thought I, my due date was different than it was. And they were saying that she was small and this and that. And I'm like, N I don't ever remember hearing that date. And yeah. so then they realized that they had things mixed up, and it's like, Luckily, you know, I'm paying attention and I'm not afraid to ask questions because I think that sometimes it is, it's, you know, it's a little intimidating to, you think they're the professional, so you just assume mm -hmm. that they know and they're on top of it and, but they're, you, sadly, you're not you, but in general, you know, you go to these places and you're just a number. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You just have to, ask, you know, like you just have to ask any little thing that you have a doubt on or a question on, like, and they've heard it all, you know, like it's, it's also the thing where sometimes maybe there's embarrassing questions. Like there were times when I was like, okay, can I have sex? Can I have an orgasm? Like, I don't know, yeah. you know, what's going to affect, but like you have to ask or else you're going to be like in your head about it. Well, and know? I think that that, that's also, it's funny that that's a question that you have, because at the end of my pregnancy, I kept, I had to. Like I would talk to my husband, and he's he was uh, petrified to have sex, and I'm like, just because I have this stomach doesn't mean. And I like you know did a little more research, and then finally I asked my doctor, and she was like, no, you like it's been a healthy pregnancy. If anything, his sperm will help like help um with the help uh, loosen the cervix, like help like induce basically. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I should have asked. Like I had to have her tell him because he was so afraid. And I'm like, you're, I'm sorry to break it to you, honey, but like, it's, you know, cause I guess men you have this anything. Yeah, exactly. I think men <laughs> have this perception that they are, they're going to poke the baby or whatever. Yeah. But, um, no, it's, and it's so funny because I had to like, I was a little, you know, kind of being around the bush asking my OB about it. And by the time I got there, she was like, you mean you, you yeah, you guys can have sex. Of course you can. I'm like, and it's okay to orgasm. She's like, yeah, it's good for you. It will help. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. like you would think that these kind of awkward questions they would have, they would just Play say, out. yeah, just, yeah. 
and you know, it's good to, it's good to have sex and you know, just the list of basic awkward questions, but yeah, I know. I know. I mean, there's so many questions that I feel like they could just like throw out there, but, um, they don't. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I even get from people that, you know, through my blog or through Instagram, like ask me, can I, and I, I mean, I always say yes, but make sure you ask your doctor, yeah. you know, cause obviously everybody is different. I mean, maybe you have a pregnancy where they're telling you not to have sex, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, you just have to ask everything and anything. And that's kind of how I, I became, you know, I kind of went from like literally not asking anything or even like, why am I not seeing my doctor to literally like emailing my doctor at 10 at night, like those kind of questions. Yeah. I mean, you have um, to ask. Yeah. So you, um, you're in where, where are we? You're so I'm at the new clinic now. And this is like a year later, September, 2018. Um, we did another egg retrieval with this doctor and we ended up having three embryos that were like rated good, which that doesn't mean that we didn't, we actually chose not to send them off to get PGS tested. We didn't pay for that this time because there is quite a bit of, I don't know if controversy is the right word, but there is some and more and more research coming up that like the PGS testing is never, I mean, nothing's ever a hundred percent, right. But that it's, that there is some room for error. So we decided to just this time not test them. Um, my doctor was still suggesting I tested it, but everything's obviously up to the patient. Um, so we ended up transferring one in this December, 2018 and it worked wow. and I got pregnant, but then I miscarried, um, about eight weeks. And we were just at the, at the doctor's office, like at the, um, infertility center, because that was the day we were supposed to graduate to go to the, be able to now go to the OB. Mm. And he basically went in and was like, I'm sorry, but you know, the baby has stopped growing. So that was a really low blow, really hard because, you know, here you are thinking you've done everything, you know, so much, you've controlled so much because you're doing IVF, like how in the world can you? miscarry yeah um and your body seems to care like you carry twins yeah like yeah okay. so we you know to this day still think the embryo was just not a good quality one because we never tested them but unfortunately we'll never know that answer right um and obviously people miscarry um healthy and pgs normal tested embryos all the time so that's definitely not to say that that's exactly why but that's just what we have to believe because we have no other reason as to yeah. why um so that was that my miscarriage they ended up having me take um this thing called misoprostol which is a pill to kind of induce the, the miscarriage um because it was just the baby had stopped growing she's like eventually it'll come out and your body will flush it or bleed you know but we don't know how long that could take and Obviously, when you're trying and trying, you want to keep trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I took one of those pills. It basically, she, it makes you miscarry. Um, they asked me to catch all my tissue if I could so that they could test it. So it was like running to the bathroom, like trying to sit on this thing to catch like the tissue coming out of me. Um, took it back to the office. They did like an ultrasound. He's like, you still have quite a bit of tissue left. So I had to do another pill. Wow. That's, um, I never heard of that. 
Yeah, a lot of people are given that option when they, you know, it was an earlier miscarriage. I mean, eight weeks, I don't know, kind of an earlier one, I guess. I don't really know. But What were um, they testing the tissue for? To see if they could test, like, if it was a normal embryo or not. Got it. Um, so then I did it again, and this time it was, like, really intense, and I ended up bleeding, like, through, like, four sets of, like, sheets and pants, and, like, it was all overnight where I wasn't expecting it overnight. It just kind of came much more quickly. So it was just, like, very traumatic because I woke up the next morning and, like, well, I didn't even wake up because I didn't sleep all night, but I couldn't even walk because I would like, lost so much blood, and it was just a lot. Wow. Um, they ended up not ever being able to test my tissue, and my levels, my HCG levels, which are your pregnancy hormone levels, needed to be down to zero in order to be able to start the process of another transfer. Um, they weren't dropping very quickly. More Usually they say it takes like six weeks-ish. Mine at nine weeks were barely like getting there. Um, so we went in again and it turned out I still needed to have a DNC, which um, for those that don't know, it's just the surgery to go in and have basically like take out everything from the miscarriage. Um, most of everything was out, but they still had to go in and take some stuff out. Um, so it was just frustrating because I could have just had a DNC from the beginning. Yeah, it's just more time. <laughs> yeah, and avoided all this extra like trauma. Um, but so that was that. It was April. We decided to go, like I told you, I love New York City, so we go whenever we can. I'm like, let's just go. Like, we need a little break anyways. We can't do anything right now. I, like, vividly remember where we stayed and everything that trip because I was like, oh. Um, so we went, and then when we got back, we were able to do another transfer. We decided to test the two embryos we had left because I was too nervous that I would miscarry again. It's pretty um, traumatic. Mm-hmm. Just hearing yeah. about it, I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's so... It's, I know. Yeah, and I mean, not everybody miscarries that way, like, but I have heard, like, even crazier, much crazier stories than that, too. You know, it's just wild. Um, but because that we had to saw and then refreeze the embryos, they kind of... You're doing a lot of stuff to them, so they kind of lose quality. Um, only one came back normal. So I'm, I am thankful that we ended up testing them because, you know, Same who knows what would have happened. Yeah. But the chances, they had told us, you know, you you can transfer this one, but the chances are very low for it to work. We transferred it anyways. It didn't work. Um, so then we moved into, this was now summer 2019. This was our fourth egg retrieval. Um, they gave us a little extra medication, like the nephrine blank on the name, but it's another medication to help your eggs um, and your follicles uh, with the quality. So grow and have a lot and this and that, but also the quality of them. Um, and, and I had also been seeing an acupuncturist for over a year, like I see her every week. Um, yeah, I was going to ask about that because that's yeah. something that you hear about. That, do you still see her or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. Um, I haven't seen her in like a couple of weeks just because she's like, you're absolutely fine. So if you, she's very cool in the sense that like, it's not about the money. Like she's like, I don't need to see you. You know, she's yeah. like, you're fine. Um, but during all of that stuff, she was like, you need to come in every week. Um, and I did. And I loved it. I love her. I love going. <laughs> well, and it's um, having that connection, right? So when you have yeah. it, you feel comfortable and good. Yeah. And you feel like you're being supported in a different way other than like, 
your doctor and your medical route, you know, like it's Chinese medicine. So it's just a different way of like feeling that support. Um, so that was great. And I knew like all that was helping. We ended up with our best retrieval, which is interesting because everyone says you want to obviously retrieve your eggs when you're younger. And I completely agree with that, but this was my fourth retrieval. I was two and a half years older than I was for my first retrieval. So it was kind of interesting, but you're, you're um, still young at that point. Like you're still, still young, young now, I but mean, you're still young. Yeah. I mean, I was 35 instead of, you know, having just turned 33. So yeah, it's not like a huge difference, but like, you know, um, I ended up with three normal PGS tested embryos. Um, so that was really exciting because we had never had more than one normal one, basically. Um, we transferred one that August it failed again. I did a pelvic MRI and then another, like a hysteroscopy to see what was going on in my uterus. They found some inflammation still from the miscarriage. Um, and then he decided to put me on this thing called letrozole, um, which is a hormone, uh, a drug that kind of helps suppress endometriosis. I don't have endometriosis, but what I had was like some stage early stages of it. And so he said, because this is what they give to people with endometriosis, that it should help, right? Everything, the thing is with infertility and treatments, everything is a, it could, it should, it might. Right. There's so much gray area that like you do things in hopes of figuring stuff out unless you, you know, you have a clear, like, right. okay, you don't have fallopian tubes. You don't have this, you don't, you know. For me, I have what's just called unexplained infertility, which means yeah. we have no trial and error. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was on that. We went to New York again because <laughs> I remember they called me and told me I was at the U.S. Open and they called me and told me that I was going to have to be on that for three months. Um, so I was on it for three months and then we were able to transfer a second embryo from that batch in December. And I was like, okay, I mean, now it has to work. You know, we've done like everything now. Um, and it failed again. So that was our sixth transfer. And then I was literally ready to just stop because I was like, this is just so much. Um, but my husband's like, look, we have one more good embryo left. Like, let's just try it one more time. Let's meet with this other doctor that we were kind of contemplating meeting with at the same clinic. Um, and we did, and I loved him. I still love him. Like I actually still talk to him all the time. Um, and he just kind of like made it very light for us, if that makes any sense. Like, cause I was just very depressed by that. And I was like, how can I go into another transfer? Like this is a yeah, transfer. How do I have any space? Yeah. Um, and he's like, look, basically for you, it's like, you've been flipping a coin and it's just been landing on the wrong side. And as much as like, that sounds kind of annoying because it's still not giving you any answers. Like it kind of made it Simplified. easier to process yeah. yeah, and just like make it sound like, Hey, well, we still have a 50, 50 chance, you know? Um, so he's like, look, and even if it doesn't work, you can always try again. Um, and I know not everybody can, we're very, we feel very lucky that we could have kept going. Yeah. Um, but that kind of just made it lighter for me. And I don't know why, but that analogy like really helped me. Um, and, you know, I love the doctor I was with right before that at that same clinic, but he, like I had mentioned before, he wasn't very, he didn't explain things. He didn't like kind of come down to my level. 
Um, he would just say no or yes to things. And I need the, I need the why. Um, and this guy does it. So went into that seventh transfer towards the end of February and it worked. And now I'm 33 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Congrats. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And that was our last embryo of the three that were normal, but obviously it was the one that was graded the lowest, which is interesting. And that's why the whole grading system is so. Yeah. It's a little. Also, yeah. Um, well, so, they don't, I guess I don't, I mean, this is so new to me, but it's almost like mm-hmm. you don't really know till you're there. Right. Yeah. Like, so even if the, it's a low grade, it, just works with your body yeah like your body just accepts it and it's fine yeah i mean like there's so many things that have to be going well that in order to get pregnant i mean like that's just what i've learned through all this is like pregnancy is very hard to get to i mean like everything has to be aligned um whatever that means for you and honestly if i try to have another baby like i don't even know i i don't have like a, a protocol that i feel like i could go on and feel like it would work you know what I mean for me so it's just interesting how you know even even though I'm pregnant right now and I had my twins I'm still infertile per se like if I wanted to have another baby I'd have to go through all that again and we have no idea what would work but that's so wild to think that you Mm -hmm. you're I mean I guess that's what it is you your body doesn't have a hard time carrying yeah but it's just getting it getting it yeah that's so interesting yeah so we did this last time we did up like the estrogen i kind of i was very very big on advocating for myself and i was like look i know you guys think the lining should be every clinic has like what they think your lining should be like a standard i guess the standard that they think and they probably have some type of statistics you know um but for me i was like maybe we just need it to be much thicker um and so I had them up my estrogen. Um, I ended up getting it much, much thicker than it had ever been before. Um, You know, I was on top of my vitamin D levels, on top of all my different levels that I probably could have been better at the past, like, six months before that. Um, So who knows? I mean, I think it was a combination of everything. I don't think there's one thing that I did. I mean, I, during my two-week wait, I walked more. I, like, had my blood go, you know, like, who knows? But, wow, it's so it's incredible though. Like, yeah, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> and what did the girls oh, say? Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> oh my god, not a show. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. You're, and so the girls are nine. They are nine. Um, they <laughs> turned nine in June, and stop. And um, they are excited. They I failed to mention they are 100% like they know everything. Um, That's great though. It is. Yeah. They, when we first got pregnant back last year, last January, we told them once we heard the heartbeat, cause we did hear heartbeat before the miscarriage. Um, and so we thought it was fine, you know, like, here we go. Um, and so then we had to tell them that we miscarried. How so do that you... was really, really hard. Yeah. How? I, we basically what I did was that night like my because they were at school but at night we kind of sat them down and you know I had been crying all day so hard to hide yeah but um we said you know the baby in mommy's tummy died 
Um, and we kind of explained they were crying, they were super upset. Um, and then they went the next day and told their friends at school that the baby and mommy's tummy died. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, I have to call the parents now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, cause they have a couple friends, but at the time their parents were pregnant. So I know it was very, very hard for them to this day. Like they, we still talk about it openly. When we told them we were pregnant this time around, we waited until we were about 12 weeks. So further. Just because, yeah, because I mean, I feel like that was also our mistake of telling them a little maybe too early. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like they've handled it well. I think like they've handled it better, better than I ex- ever expected them to. Um, but they were worried, you know, when we told them that night, they were like, well, how, how, how do we know that this one's not going to die in your tummy? Yeah. Um, which was like really hard to hear. But I was like, I feel you. You know, like, I don't, I wish I had the answer. And obviously I reassured them, but in my, the back of my mind, I was like, I, God, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's no, you don't know till you get birth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you're almost at the finish line. Yeah. Is this, I've been, of course, checking your Instagram and your blog and what's your, how you, how you doing? You're holding in, you're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. I mean, like COVID sucks as I'm sure it does for everybody in this universe right now yeah um but I think it was for us it's like you hang on to this idea that like this is what it's gonna look like um and then it's here and then it can't look that way in terms of like my husband hasn't been able to come to one ultrasound appointment like just all this stuff I mean did you give birth in the middle of COVID? I did I it was yeah. April 18th so we he two weeks before I so I ended up going a week late so I gave birth at 41 weeks okay and when I was 39 weeks there was this huge news release saying that the partner's not going to be able to be in the hospital partner whoever no one will be able to be in the hospital but we got really lucky and he ended up being there there wasn't any issues we didn't act we didn't see one other patient we only saw nurses my doctor it was not at all what I had in my nightmarish imagination thankfully it was very Peaceful, calm. I mean, that was our experience. I heard um, some other weird experiences. One of my girlfriends, she gave birth a month after I did. And they, like, I had a COVID test while I was having contractions. So they, like, and that was, you know, just the beginning of it, you know, because it's not pleasant giving birth. But um, she had to deliver with a mask on. Oh, my God. Because they never gave her a test. So that was, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. And, um, so, you know, there's, it's just everything as with, with always, it's just, you got to roll with the punches and just, you know, thankful for a healthy baby. And like, luckily we have a lot of people in the city don't have a car, like this same friend, she didn't, doesn't have a car. So she had to take an Uber and this is also in the middle of COVID. Like we have a car and it was very easily easy. And thankfully, like we went home, they discharged us after 24 hours which was nice because we were able, I think the most uncomfortable part, even though the hospital was amazing and you know, the, the employees, everyone was great. Being in a hospital sucks. Um, you know, you don't have your bed. It's uncomfortable. It's cold. It's so we were discharged after 24 hours, which was actually a blessing. Um, but you just roll with it. Yeah, no, I know. And that's, like, been, like, my thing is, I mean, like, you know, uh, everybody 
is dealing with something, right? And I mean, it just, we were like, you know, we've been trying for three years and then now it's here and then now he can't enjoy any of something else. the good things of it, you know? Um, Are so they we, letting you at least take videos of, because I know they were, you, did you ask? Hospital. Yeah. Because I not asked. In, they, so my OB let, lets me, if it's like with her, but when it's like an ultrasound tech or like in the hospital wing of it, it just depends where I'm, where I'm getting the ultrasound kind of thing. Right. Um, then they don't let you there, but he's, he was able to go to, we had, had to have a fetal echo done. Um, so when they like extensively checked the heart, so he was able to go there, which was nice because it wasn't at, it was like in a totally separate right. building and a separate, and he was able to, so we, I found and I don't know if there are any in New York, but here there's like a bunch of like private clinics. Um, and not, they're not even clinics. They're just like ultrasound places where yeah. they can do like three D's or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do regular ultrasounds too. And, um, he's been able to go to those. So we started going to those because I've been very anxious this pregnancy because of the past. Of course. Um, COVID, yeah, everything. Yeah. So he's been able to go to that. So we'll like, what we were doing is I was like, before I, my whole thing was like, I was so scared to walk into the OB and then have her tell me bad news because I'm just so used to bad news and having him not there, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So hearing like, Oh, unfortunately or something. Um, and so we would go to these private or these like individual, um, little ultrasound yeah, places. A, I know I've seen them. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. We get a scan. It's just an altered sound tech. Um, get a scan, and then we at least know she's like breathing, and or whatever. Not breathing, yeah. But you know she's, she's alive. There. She's alive. She's there. She's moving. And then I can go into my OB. Like I would still get anxious because obviously anything can happen from one day to the next. But at least I'm like, okay, I just saw her like two days ago. Yeah. So, and he will be able to go to the hospital. As of right now, I still don't think the girls can come, which is a bummer because you know like I said I picture them coming in and seeing their sibling and um but it's fine you know we'll make a process yeah I mean they'll hopefully be at home waiting and you know have a little celebration welcome home celebration exactly it's such a wild um time and it's really like on and I think that I don't remember if we were talking about this when we were recording or not but it's like Mm -hmm. there's just so many things that are thrown your way Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah no there's I mean there's new things all the time like California is just so crazy too I don't I don't know I it's I think it's just so political everywhere and that's what's like so frustrating because it's like can we just just tell us what's actually going on yeah you know it's the it's I'm hoping that once the elections are done, things will chill and taper out. Yeah, and it will stop being so darn political because it's. I agree. It's so. Ugh, it just makes me sick. Oh no! I know. It 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 is. It's just and there's so much fear of the unknown. Like we we ended up we took a flight like an hour north to Lake Tahoe. Um, an hour flight north, not an hour drive north. <laughs> Um, it's about eight hours. <laughs> Hello. It's about eight hours. <laughs> We're that lazy. <laughs> it's about eight hours um, from here just to like get away back in um, August. And I mean, like, <laughs> I, 
I was wearing like we I made us all put on like long sleeves on top of like shorts and a t-shirt so that when we landed we could strip off the top layer we had like the shield and the mask and the gloves and I'm like nobody's eating it's an hour flight just keep it on yeah um but honestly like it's crazy the airport was dead you know like the flight was I felt completely safe but it's just like that fear that you have because you don't know well, they like put what this to expect and in your head. They put the fear. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, is it really necessary? Like mm-hmm. when I went to the hospital and every because I've a lot of women that I know have had babies recently and every single person has had this nightmarish imagine yeah. like in their head going to the hospital and it's been perfectly fine. Like I considered yeah. doing an at home birth because I was like, I don't want to go. Oh but God. I went and I'm like it was totally fine. Yeah. No, I know. It's so know. ridiculous. And people aren't going to stop having babies. Like, life no. has to go on. So, what, like, this is a whole nother talk, but. I know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I could go on. I know. I know. And that's, like, that's kind of the stuff we're facing now. It's, like, my kid. I think all the schools were around you guys are open, aren't they? A lot Not of schools, of uh, private ones, are, have been forced to be open from the parents because you know they're paying tuition parents have to go to school like parents have work they are that and or they're sick of their kids they've been with their kids all summer they're ready to get rid of them (laughs) i mean and it's you know it's parents being honest and saying listen i pay a big tuition i'm sending them to school like you want the tuition or do you want my like uh public schools are they're giving the option for virtual um So a lot of people are doing virtual school, uh, or it's like two day schooling. And I also know, and like I'm from Michigan, I know that my siblings, they're doing with my nieces and nephews. They're only doing, um, like they're only allowed to do two days a week. That's so what we're doing. kids are doing um, either Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday is a clean day, and then the opposite group will do Thursday, Friday. I don't know if that's exactly like something to that extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's how that's how the girls are going to start next week. So they're going to go Tuesday, Thursdays, which is interesting. I thought for sure it would be like either Monday, Tuesday clean, yeah. but they're doing every other. I don't go whatever. Um, which again is better than nothing, but it's like, I well, don't know. It just gives a whole nut. Like, I mean, I don't expect the government to think about, you know, you, me, right. individual people, but it's like, there's stuff going there's life happening and they're just not taking it like it just and i also just heard which is even more insane that in la and i mean you're not in la but california um i don't know what's gonna happen with new york because i haven't heard yet but they're saying that they're gonna cancel easter or uh halloween and it's like the one they did in L- in LA, they haven't here. But it's but we also the, how how are you going to do that? It, well, it's the one the one holiday that you're supposed to wear a mask, right? And gloves and like you have all the coverage and I know. And it's the one like it's for kids. Kids are the ones who are least susceptible. Like, yes. What is know, going on? I don't know. That's the thing they keep saying. Like we don't know what's going on, and I'm like with kids. I'm like no, but you do know. Like there's so like there's enough data to show that kids. A, don't really spread it and are really don't get it. And if they do, it's like way, way less minor than like the flu. Like I'm worried about the flu now because my kids haven't been exposed to anything. And their immune systems are down. Exactly. 
and now they're going to go, but they're going to get sent home if they have a runny nose, which, mind you, they have a runny nose all year long when Correct. they're in school. <laughs> yeah, that's ex that's exactly so, what I've heard. Ever whenever kids go back to school, that's what it is. Yeah, so it's insane. It's, just, it's too much, and like our poor kids are being like traumatized. You know, I mean, like the way they're going to go back tomorrow is like, okay, let's see. You know, they have to like be six feet apart from each other even when they go out to play, and like they can't be on this play area, and they have to wear a mask unless they're eating, and then they put it back on. I'm just like, well, I can't even. It, I don't, I mean, I see, so, like, because the playgrounds here, obviously, it's New York, so the play, you can walk past the playgrounds. Yeah. And I see, you know, some kids have the mask on, some don't, some have it in their hand, they're chasing the other yeah. kids, and it's like, you can't enforce, like, these are little kids, what do you, you really think you're going to enforce? I know. It's horrible. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm like, my husband and I are just of the same mindset that it seems like you are, though, we're just like, you know what, like, they need, we need to let, like, just life live. needs to go on, and clearly like no kids are being that like critically affected you know i'm sure yeah. there's always like the one or two Those or whatever rare but, like, cases but the majority yeah of, and but you know for the sanity of the parents dive, yeah it's just i don't know like i'm like what about all the other diseases and all the other Correct. infections that they're gonna get and all the other you know mental issues that they're gonna have like it's just so yeah, I hope so that too that by the election things <laughs> will simmer see, down a little. We'll the elections go, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So back to the original. Sorry. No, no. I, I mean, clearly we see similar, so it's easy to yeah. just get taken away with that. But um. So you're due soon. Mm -hmm. You feel you. Well, I saw that you posted something about nausea, and I never knew that you could take something for nausea. Um, yeah. Does it work? Well, it helps? Well, these are just, like, like little, like, they're called tummy drops. So these are, like, um, ginger candy, kind of. Oh, okay. And ginger um, helps yeah. with nausea. Yeah, so ginger helps. And it's more like at night because lately I just feel like, you know, like, when they're bigger, you feel, like, so stuffed. Yeah. Like, no matter what, I just feel like I'm, like, always so full. And so, like, then the feeling is more, like, like nausea and, like, um, what's called, like, indigestion type yep. of thing. Heartburn. But other than that, and it's just at night. Other than that, like, I'm feeling fine. At the beginning, I was taking something called Unisom um, mixed with, like, a B6 complex. Um, definitely, if anyone's listening to that, ask your doctor because um, that's uh, – it, it's over-the-counter, but, like – you don't want to just take stuff. Case by case. Yeah. Um, but that, that seemed to help me at night because I was very, very nauseous for the first 12 weeks because I was on all the drugs. Because right. um, honestly, with the twins, like I was never, because after an IUI, typically you don't have to be on much medication. So with them, I was like smooth sailing. I mean, I was way younger, but like I didn't have any issues. Um, so this pregnancy has been a little like, I can feel my age a little more. <laughs> well, you don't look your age, so that's something on your side. <laughs> thank you. You have that pregnancy glow. Oh, thank you. Um, I don't. I can't think of any more questions. Anything else I should? No. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean IVF and fertility. I think it's just such a case by case basis type of thing in terms of like 
like, I get a lot, a lot of questions of like, what did you do dur- what, during your two week wait? Or what did you do during this? Or what? And I always give all of my, everything I did, but I, I don't think there's any, you know, like the doctor always tells me, he's like, if I told you to take, eat a blue M&M a day, you would probably do it if it would get you from like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so like, there's not really anything that anyone can really say to say, this is what you should do so that it works and you get pregnant because everybody's so different. And honestly, even with me, like my medications and my everything was different every single round, you know, even in, and it's the same body. So it's just like, it's, it's just all so, so, so much gray area. And I think that's the most frustrating part of being infertile and going through IVF and all that, because there's never a clear cut, straight shot answer to anything. Well, and in addition to that, it's along the same lines of a lot, every single woman I've talked to who have one kid, two kids, whatever it is, three, four, every single pregnancy is different. So it only makes sense that, you know, your body's constantly evolving, your body's constantly changing. It's, you're gonna feel different and you're clearly when you're, you know, doing drawing blood and really taking your numbers, like things are going to be different. And that's just yeah. the way our body is. So, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it's a wild ride. And you're, you know, there's a lot of things that you're not told. Like, you know, you're going to gain weight from IVF medication. You're going to have to take a step back from working out. I mean, like I, you know, I would work out pretty intensely like every single or five days a week and I still did it but like you know you take it down a notch and you're you know, saying this time around you still worked out um I just mean through IVF oh. in general yeah yeah were you so, able to work out through this or you were what were, were you because I see your arms are toned up what do you oh. <laughs> yeah no I have been I've been doing like obey fitness and I just do like hit classes or I for some reason bought weights like right before the pandemic hit. Lucky you. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't know why. I have no idea why. Because I actually prefer to leave my house and go to like yeah. cycle or go to yoga sculpt or whatever. Um, but I was like, maybe I'll just buy some. So thank God I did. Yeah, so I've just been doing by. like, yeah. So I've just been doing like power classes and stuff. But obviously when I'm done, I'll have to get some tips <laughs> after I give birth. <laughs> well, I mean, you look great. Keep it up. Thanks. I want, Thank I'm you. super curious to keep following you and see what ends up, um, you know, where, I mean, cause it's, maybe you'll have another one. I will see my husband. I mean, we have one other embryo that's not normal, but it's not too far off the normal. It's called a mosaic embryo. Okay. Um, and he's always like, well, maybe like we should just try for that. I'm like, my whole thing is I'm so, um, when I get on something on like a, whatever I'm going to do, I always feel like I need to like get to the finish line. Right. So not to say that this was like a goal. It was just, you know, obviously I wanted to have a baby, but like, I'm afraid that if I do start this again with the one that we have and it doesn't work, will I jump back on this bandwagon? And I don't know if I have it in me, you know? It, I mean, just listening, it sounds pretty, (laughs) I mean, and I like going through one pregnancy is exhausting. Yeah. But yeah. going through the trial and error, the mentally, physically, yeah. it's like a trying thing. I can't even. Yeah. yeah, the mental part is what took, you know, like physically, I I have a very high pain tolerance. I can handle like whatever. Um, and I always have. 
but the mental part is just exhausting because it like you're just on a roller coaster all day every day and then you know like I felt so much guilt taking time away mentally too from my kids you know because I'm not ever fully present like because I'm thinking about that next appointment or the call that I'm going to get with my results or this or that and it's just like you know a lot no it makes sense and with this one you're your due date you said is November 7th oh November 7th yeah. And oh, so right at right after the election, perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, Maybe things will move quickly. Yeah, are you? You just want to try go vaginally? That's your. That's the goal. To have her to yeah, because I did before, so I don't have to have a C-section. Yeah. Um, and luckily she she was breached and she flipped like a, a week ago. I like felt the weirdest thing. I was like, what the like? It like jerked me. Yeah. Um. And I just had an ultrasound like this past week and she flipped. Amazing. Congrats. That's yeah. it's super exciting when they flip because you're yeah. like, yes, now I'm I know. clear. Like, stay there. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. and knock on Thank wood, you. everything continues healthy, good, safe. Um, Thank you. Be well and stay well. And you I'm going to keep following you and I'm going to add in, um, all your links so people can see this because Thank this you. is so, it's like, it's incredible. Aww, and it's awesome so that you're sweet. sharing because who, like... You know, that it, it kind of... The reason I wish I'm sharing is because it helps me. I mean, initially, I was like, this is, might be selfish, but I'm, you know, like, going to put it all out there because I just need to, like, get it out. You know, I need to talk. And um, I always said if I could help one person, then, like, I'll have done my job. Um, so, and that's still, honestly, like, why I share because I still really feel like it's very therapeutic for me mm-hmm. um so yeah well good and i like reading your blog posts because they're Thank you. like it's you know you it's funny because i at one point was thinking i kind of want to start a blog but i don't yeah. like i don't like writing which is why okay. i started doing this <laughs> this is like yeah because i like chit-chatting and i like you know getting to know people this way absolutely but it's so funny because i was reading yours and i love that i can just read it it's not Thank like you. it doesn't. Yeah, I don't have a very big book vocabulary. <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably most of us. But yeah. I like that I can just read and not feel like, oh, I need to look this up. And you have a nice glossary yeah. of terms and all these words that I have no idea, yeah. like the abbreviations for yeah. the um, what everything that's going on. So it's super helpful. Um, yeah, I just try to make it like as relatable and um, simple. It, it all it all stems from like how I'm feeling. And so I'm never going to feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to feel as if my feelings are going to come out like in a book form. That's just not realistic. So I just kind of spit it out. Um, so I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Because sometimes I look at other blogs and I'm like, this is Edited. way too, yeah, it's like way too yeah. perfect. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not, because I'm not. So I'd rather <laughs> no, see the real stuff. <laughs> I agree. Well, cool. Thank you. And um, thank you. I'm gonna next time I'm in New York, I'll definitely we'll reach out. Well, I'm here. We're full time New Yorkers. Yeah, we're kind of stuck here. That. I mean, yeah, we're a little. Same. I mean, so yeah. Anyhow, um, have a good night. And you too. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. You as well. Thank you See so you. much, hon. <laughs> Bye. All right. <laughs>